episode 89 of The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Welcome back. This week, the title of the show is Acting School slash New York City. So sit back, relax, grab that beverage of your choice, hold it dear, enjoy it, and I hope you also enjoy the show. There's a place where people go to learn how to act, just like any other skill set, job, anything like that. You want to learn how to do it right. Now, mind you, there are people that feel they don't need it. They don't need to go to acting school. They don't need to take classes. They just don't need it, period. They learn from experience. They work and they learn, but others feel they need a technique, they need structure, they need guidance, and these people take classes locally no matter where they are, and some will go further on, leave their hometown and venture out to the big city because they say these are the best schools on the planet to learn how to act, to be an actor. And usually these are young kids. Not all, but most are. Wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to go. That was me back in the day in 1994. I was a senior in high school, and I had a few jobs. I was doing great things on the stage, feeling good about it. It gave me a sense of purpose, and I found that thing that people slapped me on the back and said, Jeff, you're doing a great job. What are you going to do with this talent? And I had it deep inside me for a long time, since I was a kid, that I was meant to do something. Something cool, that deep down feeling inside, you just have. But I didn't know how to use it. I was a shy guy, a shy kid. But I brought up the courage to try out for a play, Got a role, and that was that. I was sucked in. Bitten by the bug, they say. You feel good up there. Like you're a different person. And it garners special attention. The adulation. The love. And respect. Because before that, I didn't know who I was. But here I was, on the stage, feeling great. So it led to other things. And because of my success doing school plays, I did plays and musicals. I decided to take acting classes locally. I'm from Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. And there were classes locally for me that I could take, and I did. And I actually took a class every Thursday in Cleveland Heights. My dad was great. He'd drive me out there. This was out, I must have been around 16. Not able to drive yet, or he didn't trust me. But my dad or mom would take me out there. 
and I would study. I would do monologues. I would study character. And her, the teacher's name was Julie Matthews. She was a great lady. Uh, she was married to one, a, a local band member. Uh, I forget the name of the band. I really didn't listen to them. But she was a great teacher. And I was the youngest kid in the class. There were maybe six of us. And she had a showcase. And she gave us all a monologue. I had my monologue and I showcased in front of other talent agencies. And I got some talent representation. In Columbus, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. And Cleveland. And that's what really started it out too. Finding out about the business. What it entails. It's not cheap. And just like any other profession, you gotta put some money into it. You gotta spend money to make money. And that's what you have to do as an actor. You have to pay for headshots. You gotta pay for classes. You make demo tapes. Audio tapes. I'm not sure if you do this stuff now. But in 1994, that's what I did. I'd made videotapes of myself doing monologues, singing, and all that stuff. And before I knew it, I was doing auditions in the area. Commercials, industrial films, short films, even films. I auditioned for a few films. Sun Chaser with Woody Harrelson. Uh, Primal Fear with Richard Gere and Ed Norton. Ed Norton was up for that role and a lot of people were too. Got a taste of it. And fell in love even more. I was a bad student. I had bad grades. And in college, I was failing out. I said, Dad, this isn't working out. I wanted to go right out of high school. He said, get a degree. I said, all right. And when it should know it, me being a bad student was failing out. I knew it. My dad knew it. I said, Dad, it's time. It's time to go to New York for me. And he agreed. I went back to my high school, North Royalton High School, and talked to my drama teacher, Mrs. Curtis. She offered some advice where to go. I didn't know where to go. <laughs> she said, go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Couldn't talk there for a second, folks. I apologize. The American Academy of Dramatic Arts is a school in New York City, uh, long history, tradition, of pumping out great stars. Robert Redford, Danny DeVito, Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas, Edward G. Robinson. And there's a lot of them. It's been there forever. She said, go there. I said, fine. But you have to audition. You just don't, you know, put your money on the table and they, they take you. So I had to audition for this place. Uh, two monologues. Uh, there was a interview, and uh, it was intense. I was scared, but excited. Got a call a couple days later. I, I got in, and my life changed. I was 20. I was bright-eyed and scared, but excited. I was going to be on my own. My mom cried her eyes out. She said, are you ready for this? I said, I, I hope so. And there I was, and uh, it was tough to do, leaving my family and living in New York City by myself. I wasn't going with anybody I knew. I didn't know anybody in the city. I didn't know one person in the city. 
I got hooked up with a, uh, uh, would you say a school housing project? It was a old hotel, small rooms, and I had a roommate named, uh, Eric. No, Eric. Was it Eric? Eric. Yeah. Eric. He was a film director. We were about the same age and it was a small room. He had a bunch of movies on videotape that I watched, studied, and I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Classes started at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so I had all morning. I slept till noon, had breakfast at 1, and got on the subway. <laughs> the 42nd Street subway, right? I would, that's where I got off. I, I lived in Brooklyn Heights, and I had to take the subway into the city. It was really weird about that. I'm from Cleveland, a suburb of Cleveland. I've been in New York, but, you know, it was only for a few days at a time. A few days at a time. And now I was there, so I had to learn the subway system. I had to learn how to walk everywhere, which is great. Uh, when you're in a car, you miss exits, or you're not paying attention, you can cause accidents. The great thing about New York is... You really don't have to worry about that. If anything, you just run into somebody on the street. But I learned how to uh, get around. And my parents helped me at first how to get from the school to my apartment. But after that, I had to figure it out all on my own. And uh, I grew up a lot. But acting school, that's what this show is all about. Set it up there. And how I got there. And there I was. I was going to learn how to act. The American Academy. Wow. It's uh, it's a pretty glamorous looking place. I'll be honest with you. Very glamorous looking. It looked like a ballroom to me. Now, I'll probably step in there today and it looks completely different. But back then, you walk in and they had a winding stair, stairway going up. And uh, there was like a, I would say like a, an entrance room. Uh, it looked like the entrance to a hotel. And they had seating. And like I said, that staircase going up. And then the theaters behind closed doors. There was theaters. But upstairs were all the classrooms. I would say probably three or four floors of classrooms. Where you would have uh, uh, dancing classes. You would have voice and speech classes. Uh, yoga classes, you had, of course, acting classes. They taught you how to breathe. They taught you how to stand and walk and talk. You have to sound a, a certain way on the stage, I guess. This stuff blew me away. Am I ready for this? I just thought they're going to teach me how to act. What is all this other stuff? They're going to teach me how to walk? How to breathe? You have to breathe correctly. Your diaphragm, they said, is very important. You have to sit upright. Got to look right. This business was all about not only your acting ability, but how you portray yourself. This was very important. They taught us this. There was a school I went to, the William Esper School, and I considered going there. And they told me I had to fix my teeth or there was no way I was going to get a job. That scared me because they try to help you. They're being realistic with you. 
Your chances of making it in the business are so slim. You have to do everything in your power to be able to be chosen in a production. A lot of pressure. And then you have your classmates that are in the room with you. You're thrown into this situation with all these new people. And you can almost feel the clicks being made as you sit there. Just like high school. I felt like I was high school plus. <laughs> but you have to understand too, this is a very small conservatory. In my class, I think there was about 10 guys and 8 girls. And there you are. You're sort of trying to figure everybody out. Am I better than that person? <laughs> I wonder how grave an actor they are. There is competition. Oh, you have no idea. And then you have the teachers. My teacher, my first acting teacher, Peter. He was a former soap opera guy. You could tell he was just a burnout soap opera guy and was pissed that he wasn't working anymore. So he decided to teach acting. He sat there like he didn't give a shit. My first acting teacher at the, at the academy, Peter. I don't even remember his last name, but he had a thing for one of the kids in class. <laughs> and you just knew. You knew there was something going on there. The politics. Duh, yeah, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but this was real. I'm trying to talk about my experience in acting school. And there, definitely, there was something going on between this teacher and one of the kids in class. Now, mind you, most of us are early 20s. Very naive. Very. And uh, this girl was from a small town. Uh, she was cute, bubbly. And uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about that. It's kind of juicy. Okay. And I liked her a lot, actually. I thought she was a really good um, uh, actress. I did a few scenes with her. Uh, she was definitely determined. And uh, might as well get into this now. And I hate to say it, but as an actor, young in the business, not knowing anybody, you're going to find any way possible to put yourself in front of the next person. That's reality, and that is one of the big reasons why I didn't do so well in New York. And I felt like, do I have what it takes? Because I could have all this talent being in front of the camera, having a technique. But do I have the drive to do what someone like a Kevin Spacey did in his career? The way Kevin Spacey knocked on doors and met people, networking, and so on. I mean, he had a drive, and he went for it. Did I have that drive back then? No, I didn't. I could come out right here and now and say it. The drive needs to be there. I had talent, yes, and ability, and was open to a lot of what they were teaching me, but not everything. I shriveled in dance class. I shriveled in speech class. Because I was afraid, insecure, and not open to what they were teaching me. I was open to the acting. 
Even that took a little while. Let's get into that. Acting classes. They give you scenes, yes, but before they do that, they teach you to be in tune with your body. They give you exercises to do about 10-15 minutes before class starts. You're walking around humming, becoming one with the earth and yourself and your instrument. That's your body. You have to be in tune with your voice. You have to be in tune with your body. And most importantly, you have to be in tune with your soul. Your life force. That ultimate thing inside that makes you do what you want to do. And in that sense, you have to be open to everything that happens around you. You can't be closed off. This career now demands you to be exposed. Mentally, physically, and spiritually. All. The whole thing. The whole bag. Your whole being must be on the table for people to see. This is the biggest leap for an actor. And some will never get there. And I'll tell you something. Those better be the greatest pretenders ever. Because it's so hard to fake true emotion. And those of you who have watched bad actors, you can see it. You go, by God, that's one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Because they're faking. They're emoting. It's called emoting. And this is what most acting students do. They emote their fucking asses off. Because I guarantee you, most of the kids that come to acting school got their training on stage in high school, college a little bit. And they teach you to be loud. Be loud. Be heard. (laughs) That's a no-no. And you hear the teachers tell you this. Stop emoting. You're you're giving us too much. It's fake. I want to see you. (laughs) You go, but that's what I've been taught. You got to strip you of all of that. And that's the toughest part. They said you got to forget all the bad stuff you've learned in the past. Because all of you here have talent. Yes. But we have to mold that talent. We're going to strip it all away. And you got to learn from the very beginning. And here we go. You got to learn how to walk, man. <laughs> At the academy, they had a, a class called the Alexander Technique. This technique taught us about like our, our spine. We were in tune with our spine. We had to sit up straight, walk straight. It says that... If you do all the things that this technique says to do, and you do it correctly, your instrument will now be finely tuned and give better performances. And it's no joke. They're right. An actor's body is their instrument. And you want it to sound good. You want it to react in the right way. And all the things they teach you allows your body to be open to experiences, to moments, to be free, and most importantly, to be vulnerable. There were techniques that they taught us. I was laying on the ground one time, and I didn't buy all this bullshit. I'm laying there, 
We're doing the exercises like we always do. And they tell you, like, they start from your feet and you go all the way up, right? You're laying there. The teacher goes, okay, relax your toes. All right. Relax your foot. Your kneecap. No shit. Thigh. Pelvis. Chest. Shoulders. And then the teacher said this, relax your jaw, right? I did. And folks, I experienced like this mild nirvana. I hold tremendous amount of stress in my jaws. I know, it's weird. Everybody has a place in their body where they hold stress. Your stomach, okay, uh, your chest, your head, your neck. Mine is in my jaw, mostly. And when the teacher told me to relax my jaw, I actually did. And I, like, I felt so relaxed. For the first time in my life, I was able, I experienced that. Because I would always hold tension. This shit actually works. And it's hard to do. To actually relax. But they would have, like, music in the background. I mean, they set it all up. I mean, this school took a lot of your money. They did it right. (laughs) I relaxed that day. It actually does work. And they teach you how to pronounce correctly. There's a universal uh, stage uh, dialect. Okay, that's universal within the theater. Unless you're playing a certain character, like a southern character that has an accent. You learn the accent. And learning accents for me was hard. I could study them for a week or two and then get them. But I just can't come out and do an accent on the fly. It's just something I can't do. If I practice at it, I could do it. But it's just me. But acting school, man, I'm having flashbacks here. I did this like 25 years ago. New York City, 1997. So that's not 25 years. <laughs> Almost 25 years. And in the late 90s, New York City was great. It was coming back because the 80s, New York City was not safe. It was pretty dirty. It was pretty unsafe. And Rudy Giuliani did a fantastic job in turning that city around. I felt safer walking the streets of New York City at 2 o'clock in the morning than I do downtown Cleveland at 9 p.m. That's a fact. Because New York City has... People walking around at all times. I lived in Brooklyn Heights. I lived in Historia, Queens. And not once did I feel unsafe. Although, when I did get out of acting school and I got a real job, I was working at a bank in Queens, and there was a hit or two. There were a couple of hits that happened. It was like mob hits and shit that happened. I didn't see anything. But the next day, you'd walk by and everything would be all, you know, closed off and the tape would be up and you're like oh boy what happened here (laughs) Uh, somebody got shot crime scene and we all knew where like the mobsters went (laughs) there was this little restaurant man I don't don't want to say the street but I live pretty fucking close to this restaurant it was like this cute little restaurant almost on the corner of this one street that's where they met I went in there once because my uh, manager at the bank 
she uh, she uh, knew somebody there, and uh, we went in there. Anyway, New York City, man. New York City. If you've never been, what a town. It's so inspirational. Out of all the cities I've went to, Boston, I'd love to. I love Boston, but New York City has everything. All that history there, all the culture. And I don't care what anybody says. I, people in New York are sometimes rude, but there's so much going on. And people going from here to there, they're busy. You know, they don't have time to stop and just talk to you most of the time. And there's so many different types of people. It's incredible. It's just like there's not one certain type of people. You learn how to adjust to different accents, different cultures. Uh, you're exposed to everything. And living in Brooklyn Heights, I uh, I had uh, a window there. And uh, one of the very first weeks I was there huh? And uh, in Brooklyn Heights, uh, I sort of got two blocks east. You just didn't want to go there, and I didn't. Um, I was told not to, so I didn't. But I would uh, look out my window one of the first weeks I was there at night. It was a Sunday night. I remember it was a Sunday night. And I heard fighting. You know, there's a fight going on. I was like, oh boy. It escalates. And now I have to pay attention. I look out. And there was a fight. It was actually a, a fist fight between two guys. And they were just... And it was sort of entertaining to watch. It's kind of fun to watch a fight. If you're not involved, and I wasn't. I was sitting in my apartment uh, five stories up watching a, a bird's eye view of this fight going on. Slap, sla it's not like the movies, of course. Yep. I love how in movies, when they throw punches and they connect and you hear that sound. Of course, fights don't sound anything like that at all. Not even close to that. In real life, a fight does not sound anything like it does in the films. So you just hear slaps. Ah! Oh, this guy got the shit kicked out of him. And he's kicking him. Just kicking him. And finally, someone's like, that's enough! <laughs> Pulled this guy away. And then I heard a fucking gunshot. And that's when I got scared. I hear gunshots... I get scared. There was only a few times I heard gunshots. And it was one of the very first weeks I was there. <laughs> what a place. You get used to certain things. The first few months, you you feel like an alien. It was a good thing I was involved with school. Because it kept me busy. And although it started at 2 o'clock, it didn't end until 6. So after class... You hang out, right? And uh, you either go to somebody's place, their their place, hang out. Uh, you go, you know, go to a diner. You go to a diner, you know. We hang out at the diner, smoke, drink, talk about art, and that's the great thing about it too. You all have the same interest, you know. You made clicks. I had a buddy that I did talk up until a few years ago, Doug. Uh, he was interesting. <laughs> he had a lot of issues. Good guy. I roomed with him. We uh, got a place together a couple years after that. 
His story, wow. And he wasn't liked by anybody in class. I was one of the only people that got along with him. Uh, lucky me. Uh, he pissed off a lot of people. Very talented young man, but a very troubled young man in a lot of respects. He'll admit it. But you know what? We shared the same interest as far as uh, acting went. And although we all shared that interest in the class, you're going to connect with others. And there were cliques that formed and we would go hang out, you know, as a group. And it was great. You talk about film, art, acting, theater. You just soaked it all in. And you talked about your teachers. And you talked about your work. And I hope I'm doing a good job. Am I impressing the teachers? Do the teachers like me? Do they think I'm a fuck up? It's important to be there. Don't miss class. I made that mistake in the second school I went to, the neighborhood playhouse. I started getting lazy, getting cocky. And it's not good. No. But anyway, acting school is a place where talent is nurtured. And you have to take advantage of all the things they give you because all the things they give you, although it may seem silly, like taking ballet, I took ballet. And 90% of the guys in my class were like, they knew they had to take it. <laughs> we had to take it for like nine weeks. We had to buy tights, the shoes, and it was so funny watching my classmates, the guys wearing tights. I had to put on tights. That was weird. Gary Oldman, as cool as Gary Oldman is, said, when he went to acting school, putting on tights was weird. And you feel, so, if you're not used to that, and weren't trained in dance, tap, ballet, you're going to go, whoa, <laughs> this is not for me. But, there's a reason why you do it. Balance. Discipline. Movement. It all has a purpose. You would see actors, great ones, like Marlon Brando, James Dean, Christopher Walken, take dance. And they did it to improve their art. Making your body right. Right for the parts that you're going to play in the future. It's a way of life. And being an actor, you have to be so dedicated to that craft. You have to live it and breathe it. You have to know it and love it. It becomes you. And this is what concerned me. Maybe it was because I was too young. Maybe it was because I was just not open to everything. Scared. I was uh, just not ready. Was I able to be an actor? Because before that, I didn't think it was going to be that hard. Acting is hard. Give respect to actors you appreciate, whether they went to acting school or not. What they're doing isn't easy. Sustaining a career. As an actor, 
is hard. Give respect. In class, they give you scenes, and you study them for a few weeks, and you come up and do it in front of the class, you and your partner. And most of the time, you fell on your face. The teacher would dissect everything, told you what you did wrong, and you had to take it, and then you did it again, and once again would tell you where you fucked up. And sometimes it would get nasty. Students would rebel against their teachers because there's pride, there's arrogance, and they want to show just how tough they are. This one guy, man, oh, God bless him, he was so pissed. Once again, the teacher's just ripping him apart. He's like, fuck this and fuck you. <laughs> and all of us deep down went, yes. Because we were all struggling in our own way. And once in a great while, one of the students would actually nail something or do something that would impress the teachers. It wasn't often, but it did happen. But most of the time, there was frustration, anger. And the one classmate got up, did his scene, got ripped apart, and told the teacher to go fuck off. He got up <laughs> out of his chair that he was given the scene in and stood at the doorway, pointed at the teacher, and said, We'll see how you're doing when you're sitting in the back seats of my play that I'm starring in, fuckhead, and walked out the door. We all sat there in awe. <laughs> he came back the next day, and the teacher actually gave him props for that little explosion. He said, his name is Jeff too. He said, Jeff, I respect what you did. And Jeff was like, you do? I thought you were going to ream me a new one. I thought they kicked me out of school. He said, you let your emotions get the best of you. Yes. But that's okay. That's what they're trying to teach you. And he said that. The teacher said, that is what we're trying to teach you here. But you have to be able to contain it. Being emotional, do it. If you want to punch the wall, they'll let you punch the wall. I'm not fucking kidding. Chairs would be thrown across the room. They had like these big uh, blocks of wood that we would use as beds, seats. Like You would move these big blocks and you'd use them in scenes. You'd make believe they were a bed. You know, we had folding chairs. And I think every, yo, that's it. Every class did have a bed. It's really weird. Every classroom had a bed and blocks. That's right. <laughs> it was like a really fucked up bedroom. Every classroom that had acting in it had a bed. It was like a queen size bed. With pillows and everything, I think. You would use the bed in your scene. Oh my God. But yeah, chairs would be flying around the room, uh, voices raised, emotions flying, tears, spit, <laughs> flying out of your mouth. There was stuff. It was like therapy. You talked about like stuff that was bothering you and like they tell you to come in the room and cry. That was so hard. You're going to cry. Think of something sad. No pressure there. 
I hated doing that. And everybody did. It was just tough to cry on cue. But they tried to do that with us. Because they said, you future actors, you're going to have to do this. And this is why we have this for you. We're teaching you the groundwork, the base. In the academy, mixed in all sorts of different techniques. They didn't concentrate on just one. They had a little bit of Meisner, a little bit of Strasberg, a little bit of Adler, a little bit of uh, other teachers as well. And each class would have a different technique. So I was a little confused. It was good in a way because you could pick one you liked. But I don't know. There were teachers I didn't get along with, but most of them I did. Uh, Most of them were pretty good people. Interesting people. (laughs) Uh, Teachers that I'll never forget. And people that I met in acting school. I still talk to today. Uh, A few of them went on and did great work. Theater. uh, I would see on television shows, commercials. (laughs) It's really funny, too. When I moved back home, you know, in a few years after I moved back, you're just sitting down watching TV and you see your classmate on the TV. And you go, wow, there's Jim. Good for you. (laughs) In a commercial. And then you see a, a, a TV show. And you see your, your classmate in a show. And I've uh, had a few that have done very well. Very well. And you stay with touch with them. You stay in touch. You talk. We would. Uh, uh, he gave me advice about a few things or whatever. And then when they start getting big, you don't hear from them again. They're gone. They're just gone. And I guess that's just the way it is. Um, do I have any regrets? I don't. I chose to not do that because I, that just wasn't for me. I, I auditioned and it's so hard to audition in New York because you're up against so many people. There's so much talent there and you know it. I would walk into audition for a musical. I got my music. Okay. And in acting school, I was one of the very few that can actually sing. And I was told, that's great. You have that gift, that skill that will help you. That's always a good thing to have skills in your pocket, whether it's voices, singing, uh, improv. If you're really good at improv, uh, that helps, of course. So I would go to auditions for musicals. I'd walk in there. I had my music, feeling good. I got a good night's sleep. I did my exercises. Hi, 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 You know, hi, 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 hi. You know, do all that crazy shit. All that stuff they taught me. I walk in there. I sat down. My little chair. Looking over my music. Sweating. Profusely. Nervous. But excited. And I hear these kids auditioning in that little room you hear the piano going and then boom you hear these rich just tremendous voices I mean voices 
that fill an auditorium without a microphone, folks. I mean, you see productions today, they have fucking microphones on, I get it. But a real singer, they don't need no fucking microphone. I mean, you knew they had no microphones. They were in that room, because I know, I, I didn't have a microphone when I auditioned for musicals. But this one musical I went to, it was for a pretty top-of-the-line uh, musical. Uh, I don't know if it was on Broadway. Doubtful. It was probably off-Broadway. But a good show. I heard this kid, and he was so tremendous. I couldn't believe it. I got my ass up, and I just walked right out the door. Bad move? And that shows you the state of mind that I was in. I felt like I had no chance. And that is the wrong mindset to have. And I think I realized at that point, what am I doing here? And I I was so disappointed in myself that I got up like that and left. Didn't even audition. I was so intimidated by this kid. His voice was 10 times better than mine. And I felt there's no way, (laughs) no way they're going to think I'm better than that guy. There are certain voices that I hear that I heard on Broadway. It's hard to explain just how beautiful a true Broadway-toned singer can fill an auditorium. To me, there's nothing like it. Watching live theater, I'm just blown away. Watching talent right there in front of you. It's incredible. And that's why I fell in love with uh, just performing. There's something about it, the, the action of it, the, the feeling from the crowd, the, the feeling of reaching a moment and having it make sense and feeling that and, and having respect given to you by your teachers and your, your classmates. And uh, the one classmate, after I did a scene, took me out for a drink and said, you did great. You, you touched me. And I want to buy you a beer. One of the greatest compliments I ever got in New York was that. I would smoke pot with my one acting teacher. <laughs> and it was really weird walking around the school completely high. Paranoid. And thank God, like, it's acting school, you know, where half the kids are probably gone. Uh, that's another thing. Drugs. There were more drugs than alcohol going through places like that. Um, the big thing was ecstasy in the late nineties. I don't know, uh, if that's still a thing today with the kids. Ecstasy was huge. Coke, uh, not much heroin. I didn't see any heroin. Uh, but you know, Coke uh, pills were kind of big and, uh, I, you know, I would barely drink and I'd smoke cigarettes and I'd smoke some weed. That's where it ended with me. Uh, It was very easy to get drugs in New York City if you wanted them. And some of my classmates got mixed up in it, got sick, really sick, and uh, nearly got uh, uh, sent back home. Okay. You get these kids. They're from the suburbs of Iowa. 
Okay, Ohio for me. Texas. I had classmates from Bulgaria, uh, Egypt, uh, India, uh, Israel. This one guy uh, from Israel, his name was Getty Getz. (laughs) He was great. He was in the Israeli army. They have to do that, he said. You have to be in the army for like two years. Like every uh, boy in Israel has to be in the army for two years. And after he got out of the army, he said, I want to be an actor. And he moved to New York City. Great guy. No, it wasn't Getty. It was Gilly. Gilly Getz. Gosh, I wish I can get in touch with some of these people now. Gilly Getz. Great guy. You meet so many fantastic people. And you learn about their cultures. Uh, there was one guy from England, uh, Dan. And uh, we got, he went to the academy and then he went to the playhouse. And I did the same thing. So we had something in common. He was a good guy, and uh, uh, it was just a great way to sort of touch base with all sorts of different people from around the world and learn about how they felt about acting, how they felt about New York. I had a classmate, Pete. He went to Harvard. He went to fucking Harvard and decided he wanted to be an actor to try that. I mean, so many different uh, great people. And I learned that one of my dearest classmates, Heather, and uh, she had a child. Her husband, Chad, who's another great guy, he was in our class too. That's how they met. And they are still together. They just had their first child, just like a month ago. God bless them. They met at the playhouse. So relationships form. And relationships also form with the teachers. Although I didn't agree with all of them, you know, they had a way of touching us and making an uh, impression on us because we had starry eyes wanting to do something so special. And we really felt that being in acting school and learning all these great things gave us a certain, I don't know, advantage than the next guy. Although New York City was filled with different kind of schools. We hoped that being in these conservatories would give us a leg up. I mean, here we are. This is it. And we have to do the best we can. There were some kids, you could tell, they just weren't cut to do it. And others, you said, yeah, I could see them doing it. But folks... I knew about, what, 60. Because they'd break up classes and you'd run into different kind of people. But at the academy, I'd say there was about 30 kids in my year. And then at the playhouse, about the same. And uh, out of the 60 people, or or more, I could be wrong about that. Um, I guess the percentages weren't too bad because a handful of them. I think you're doing pretty solid work. I mean, not bad. Not bad. Uh, the biggest celebrity from our class was Brian Garrity. Look him up. You recognize him. He's been in some big films. He was standing on the stage at the Oscars like five years ago. Uh, Jarhead? One of the war pictures won Best Picture like five years ago. Was it Jarhead? He was in Jarhead. And then he was in, uh, I think there was another one that went in Best Picture. <laughs> 
He was up against uh, uh, Cameron's film. The, uh, the uh, uh, I can't think. I can't think. I, I the Avatar. It was up against Avatar, and it beat Avatar out. Brian was in that, and he's a fine actor. Good for him. He did great. Uh, he he was a surfer in New Jersey, and a blonde-haired surfer, and decided after the Playhouse, he moved out to California, and which was rare, I think. Uh, I think most of the kids stayed in New York, auditioned in New York. He did probably for a little bit, and then he moved out to California, met the right people in L.A., and boom, there you go. And another thing that Brian probably is excellent at is auditioning. You have to be able to go into an audition and fucking nail it. Meet the right people. Go into the audition. Don't be like me and walk out. I was scared. It wasn't an acting audition. I never walked out of any of those. <laughs> but that kid was so good. I was so like, fuck this. There's no way in hell. They're going to say that guy had a worse voice than me. Because he was fucking fantastic. I don't care if he looked like a gremlin. He was going to get that role. No doubt about it. But that's the thing. Is that no matter how great his voice was, maybe they saw something in him, and I could have got the job instead. You just don't know. Bad on me to walk out of an audition. Fuck me. Okay, other things about uh, acting school slash New York City is uh, not only the competition, but the certain personalities that you have to battle because as many good people you meet, there are bad people as well. Uh, Just not good people. Uh, Cocky people, arrogant people, uh, people think in that their shit does not stink. Uh, Looking down on you, uh, the very first day at the academy, uh, uh, this one girl was, you, she gave up a vibe that was pure bitch, pure bitchiness. Uh, uh she was beautiful. Uh, you know, your classic beauty. Uh, you knew that, uh, she was riding that forever. People telling her that she was gorgeous and she was, she was gorgeous, but a class A number one bitch, bitch on wheels. And, uh, yeah. Ugh. You go to parties and stuff, and all the guys would be around her, of course. And uh, uh, I wasn't buying it. As much as, you know, <laughs> I found her attractive. Okay. Her personality was, was shit. But <laughs> guys don't care about that, right? Not, not when you're in acting school, anyway. The, you know, the guys in acting school... Uh, weren't thinking about marriage. So, you know. Uh, but the things I would see at parties, you know, the games they'd play, creepy. Um, certain um, things that were brought up, uh, certain interests. When you get into sort of a, an acting atmosphere, uh, you have a lot of philosophical talk and diving into other venues that will make you and your performance... <clears throat> Uh, better or more interesting. Uh, uh, there are artists out there that truly believe that diving into all sorts of uh, um, topics or uh, 
I just want to say avenues. We'll say avenues, okay, that I think are dangerous. Um, other people don't. All, all sorts of art is art, no matter if it's light or dark. And diving into certain dark areas, right, can be dangerous. But for other people, it's not. I think it is, no matter what it is. If it's dark, uh, that is life. Okay, and these are things that we don't want to know about, but they're there. Uh, there are artists and actors, performers, musicians, I'm telling you, dive into certain things. David Bowie, perfect example. David Bowie went, I think, too far into certain things, and uh, uh, light and dark, light and dark with Bowie. It wasn't just dark. Some people think it was just all dark with Bowie. It wasn't. It was part of it, yes. As an artist, he went there. And he experienced certain things. And for me, in a way, I respect that. Because I can't do that. That stuff scares me. And for other people I talk to in the business, uh, getting inside certain parties said they saw things that make you go, holy shit, I've seen that in movies. I've heard about these things. These things actually happen. Okay. Orgies, things like that. This shit happens. And people out there are going, oh, I know it happens. But when you see it, that's another thing. Hearing about it and then seeing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the dark side of Hollywood is something that scared the fucking shit out of me. And when I learn about it in these actors I highlight, like Kevin Spacey, Okay, I think there were certain things that Mickey Work saw. I think there's certain things that Stanley Kubrick saw. Steven Spielberg. Haven't talked about him yet. I think he's got deep, dark secrets. We'll get into him. But there are certain people, Johnny Depp, <coughs> that have participated in certain things. And I'm just guessing. <coughs> really? Huh. <laughs> In the actor's room. But that's part of the acting world. It is. Interesting, right? It may be something we'll dive into on this show. Uh, it was brought to my attention that maybe I should do that. People might be interested in that side of Hollywood. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Talking about that stuff, that dark stuff. It's, it's interesting. To me, it is scary, yes. Interesting, definitely. But you saw a little bit of that stuff, just like little bits of it. The human nature aspect of acting. Because although you might see that stuff in other professions, it's going to be more prominent in an art-related field. Because these people are just so out there. (laughs) They really are. And they have no problem at all. At all. Expressing it. Because they feel it helps, you know, bring out them. It's smiled upon in the acting world, the art world, being flamboyant. Where in other professions, it's not. It's frowned upon. You work at a business, you can't walk in like a flower child. You can't walk in looking like uh, you just walked out of a dumpster. But in acting school, like you could, and you're not going to get kicked out. Okay? Uh, In acting school, you go to class, right? You do your shit. You hang out. You get drunk and high all night long. 
and realize you got class in an hour. And walking down the street, you got to throw up into a garbage can to make it to class. And in class, you're just sitting there going, what the fuck did I do last night? Did I do anything harmful to me? Probably. I didn't get far into that. That stuff scared me. I just wasn't that person. Other people had no problem at all diving deep into drugs, alcohol, and kinky shit. Oh, you'd hear rumors, induendos, teachers sleeping with students. <laughs> you'd hear students sleeping with students, of course. And you go, they were with them? Wow. <laughs> it's like a big high school, folks. The gossip. The rumors, the juicy stuff was just part of the game. And doing auditions and realizing that it just wasn't all about talent. It was about other things as well. The business of show. But I got to tell you, before I end this episode, there was one significant moment in my life. And all that other stuff is interesting. Learning about acting, meeting new people, seeing things. They make you go, oh. And then there's that moment where it all makes sense. And for me, it was about two months into my stay in New York City at the American Academy. We took a film history class. We all had to take it. It was on a Friday. It was the last class of the day. We can't wait to get out of there, start our weekend party whatever and I sat there the teacher played a clip from a streetcar named Desire and I've known about Marlon Brando in the past the godfather he was in Superman played Jarrell but that's it the teacher played for us a clip from a streetcar named Desire starring Marlon Brando a short clip five minutes I sat there with my mouth wide open, couldn't believe what I was seeing. Marlon Brando jumped out of the screen and was actually there in the moment, raw, appealing, just he owned it. And never in my life have seen an actor before, then, and since like that man. In a streetcar named Desire, Marlon Brando blew me away. It made me realize just how much I loved the art of acting. And recently, I have been reading his biography called Brando by Peter Manso for the third time. I'm about a quarter of a way done. That thing is thick. It's got to be about 2,000 pages. And I love every fucking page. Marlon Brando is the most fascinating cat I've ever read up on. Fascinating. And I might talk about him again better in future episodes. There's a lot to say with that man. I got to tell you. That fateful day on that Friday night at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, my eyes couldn't believe what they were seeing. He signified the talent, the drive, and just the beauty of acting. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Actor's Room. My name's Jeff Tarowski, and a big reason why I'm doing this show is because of my high respect for the actor Marlon Brando. As a person, that's another ballgame. But as an actor, 
I don't know. There aren't many performances that were better than that. I hope you enjoyed this show. It was a long one. I didn't think it'd be that long. I got to break away. I got to I gotta start uh, getting ready for the week, man. Got a whole new week ahead. I hope everybody out there is doing fantastic. I'm doing good. I really am. The weather's great. It's like 60 outside. It's 60 degrees today. 60! Spring is on its way. Wonderful. And all you out there worrying about coronavirus, settle. It's okay. It's okay. They scared me for about a week. They did it. The media, they fucking did it. They scared me for about a week. And then I I just woke up. I said, what? Oh, why am I worrying about this shit? That's what they try to do. The media, they try to scare you every couple of years about a virus. I mean, it's out there, folks. There's sicknesses out there. The flu is out there. And other sicknesses as well. What are you going to do? Hide away? Live your life. Don't be afraid of this bullshit. It's a virus. It's a flu. Maybe a little more potent than the regular flu. But you have a, a greater chance of getting in a car accident. Dying in a car accident than dying from the flu. So what are you going to do? Not drive anymore? Come on. Just just stop it. I'm off of social media for the most part right now because I am so done with corona. I'm so done. Even with politics too. As interesting as politics is, it's fascinating. It's almost just entertaining to me right now. I'm done. And this whole Corona thing, I can't go on Facebook right now. People are ridiculous about this stuff. Ridiculous. I can't, I'm done. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, I can't even look at a Corona beer bottle. I just can't even do it. It's okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, Get some extra sleep. Put on a sweater. uh, Take a vitamin. That's what I've been doing, man. Take a vitamin. I'm taking vitamin C, other vitamins, okay? And I'm, I'm going to put on a jacket if I need to. Uh, we're going to be fine. Don't worry, folks. I'm here with you in the actor's room. So if you're quarantined <laughs> in your house or apartment or whatever, put on the actor's room. I'll entertain you. We're talking about acting. We're talking about actors, movies documentaries, and the like. My name's Jeff. I like to talk about acting. I like to talk about other things as well. Tune in for future episodes. Next episode will be number 90. That is incredible. Reaching 90. Truly amazing. I hope you had a good day. Have a great night. God bless you. Have a great one.